The following podcast is a Simpronto Media production. She's a business mogul. Number one. And wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away podcast. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. And I'm so excited to introduce you to Sonia Jensen, and she is with Divine Elements. And we had her husband, Dr. Nicholas Jensen. We had a great interview. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to that a few weeks ago, just go back and check out their episode. It was wonderful. But today we are going to talk about intermittent fasting, your hormones, and thyroid. That's our title for today. So first, welcome, Dr. Sonia. Tell everyone a little bit about yourself and your experience with intermittent fasting. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Uh, My husband was talking about you for a while after and how wonderful your conversation was. So I'm really happy to be here. So my story with intermittent fasting was actually kind of a funny one. I was watching my husband do it for a while and, you know, I was having children and nursing for, I'd say about five years. I I was either pregnant or nursing. So watching him go through this, I was like, what is wrong with you? Why aren't you eating? And until I started to do it myself, and I finally understood the benefits that you receive from intermittent fasting, I really thought there was something going on with him. So we had gone to a conference. And um, at this conference, I had just finished nursing one of my kids and just started weaning him off. So I was still in that like hunger state that, you know, women get into post-pregnancy. And this conference was all about fasting. So of course they were fasting everyone and there was no lunch break. And I'm looking around the room going, what is going on? Why are we not eating? And I was in this like angry, hangry state as we get when our glucose and ketones aren't balanced yet. And after listening to the science, after listening to all the benefits, I got home and I was like, okay, I'm jumping in. And I jumped into intermittent fasting then jumped into fasting, water fasting also, and started to really see how it was impacting my hormones post-pregnancy and also my skin and just my um, brain clarity because I was dealing with a lot of brain fog at that time too and just seeing all the benefits of it. Now it's just part of what we do and it's just part of our lifestyle and we now teach it to everybody too because I can see how it's benefited me and my family. That's awesome. So talk a little bit about what time of the month, like, is there certain, first of all, what is your eating window of when you eat and when do you stop eating? And then what, is there certain times of the month that you say, maybe I'm going to extend my eating window. I'm going to eat a little bit more. How does that work for you? Yeah, absolutely. So my eating window is usually about six hours, um, anywhere between like 12 and six or one to seven is usually typical. And there's usually just two meals in there. And when it comes to a woman's cycle, we, there's a rhythm that the body goes through and there's different things that are happening in the body. So those first two weeks, our body is creating that endometrial lining. So it's a real metabolic expense on the body to be creating this lining when, you know, we could be using that resource to either look at our cells or heal our skin or heal our immune system. So those first two weeks are actually a really beautiful time to do more fasting because we're taking the load off the body. Because every time we eat, the blood goes rushing into our gut, our hormones are shifting. All these things are influencing our hormones in a way where they're just targeting digesting the food and using the nutrients from that food to either fuel our body or to do the opposite, harm our body. 
by increasing our insulin and glucose. So those first two weeks, if we can take that extra load off the body, that's the best time to fast. So I find I can really tighten my window, sometimes even four hours if needed. And come ovulation, and after ovulation is when I start extending my um, time to about eight hours, sometimes even 10. And that's also when I also increase my um, carbohydrate load. So eating more root vegetables, things that are more filling and more nutritive to increase our progesterone in our body too, because that's what's needed in that last half of our cycle. Mm. Mm -hmm. So what about extended fasting? Talk about any time that you've done some extended fasting mm -hmm. and how long have you gone and some things that have helped you? Mm -hmm. So the longest I've gone is five days with water fasting. And I think it's something that we all need to tap into and it's unique for each individual. So my constitution from an Ayurvedic medicine perspective is very Vata. So I get into ketosis very quickly and fasting for me, I get the same benefits after two to three days that I would in after a five day water fast. And I also figured out how. So that why do you, why do you think that is? So I think just how the body is able to metabolize quicker and how I'm able to adapt quicker from a glucose burning into a ketone burning state. So I can get into it a lot quicker. And because I've been practicing intermittent fasting for so long too, so I'm sure that's influencing big pieces of that. But mm -hmm. somebody with a different constitution, it may take them a little bit longer to get into that ketotic state or, or into autophagy than it would for me. And hormonally speaking, the way that my body works, I'm good with doing partial fast, which is your window's about two to four hours, and then doing a couple of days of water fast, and I get my autophagy rates really high just doing that. So mm -hmm. the extended, I find with water, it's not only good for your physical body, but your mental, emotional body and your spiritual body too, because you're really tapping into a lot of different layers because we're not distracting ourselves with food anymore. We're really tuning into like the healing potential of the body, like the innate healing that we have within us. Mm. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about, you know, are there certain times of the month that you just say, I'm not going to fast at all. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to have three meals today. I'm not going to fast at all. Or maybe in, I'm going to have instead of a six hour window, I'm going to make it an eight or a nine hour mm -hmm. eating window. Mm -hmm. Talk about that as far as how your cycle affects your your eating and your yeah. window yeah absolutely so right before my cycle is when i will extend that window i may still only do two meals and maybe have a snack in there i don't necessarily do three meals but um, once a week though, because we actually talk a lot about dietary variation. So we do the intermittent fasting, but we also have a feast day, which is really important for the thyroid. So even during the cycle, your thyroid and your testosterone are also um, doing a lot of work to make sure that the rhythm of your body is appropriate for when the lining is shedding. So right before the shedding happens, usually the body is requiring a bit more nutrition and requiring more of a load so that it can do its job well. So that's usually when I would increase my carbohydrates and increase the, the timing of my window as well. Hey guys, I wanted to tell you I'm offering a free weight loss virtual Bible study. Now is the perfect time to focus on understanding true hunger and fullness and learn what the Bible has to say about it. 
All you have to do is go to ChantelRayway.com slash Bible study. After you sign up, you'll receive a six week Bible study video that you can watch on your own, or you can get a small group of people and do it together. That's ChantelRayway.com slash Bible study for your free six week Bible study course. Mm, okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. And um, let's talk about thyroid for just a second. Mm. So what are kind of your numbers where you would say, like, when you're looking at someone's TSH numbers and looking mm. at their, you know, T3 and T4 and reverse T3, what are some mm-hmm. numbers that you say, mm-hmm. here's what I like them to be? Because, you know, one of the yeah. things we always say is that a functional medicine doctor their windows are a lot more narrow, right? Absolutely. So they're like, here's where mm-hmm. you're going to be happy and here's where you're going to feel good. Mm-hmm. While a regular practitioner might be like, yeah, your window is right out in this range. You're still fine. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the important thing to understand is how that all works together because your thyroid is coming from the brain, telling your, uh, well, your, your TSH is coming from the brain, telling your thyroid to produce a T4, which has to convert into T3 for your body to be able to use it. So it can either convert into T3 or reverse T3 that we were talking about before. And that thyroid stimulating hormone from a window of 0.5 to about two is kind of the magic spot. Anything above, things are slowing down. Anything below, there's toxicities or emotions or something influencing the speed at which your thyroid is producing itself. And the T4, you want to be around 10. And then the T3, you want to be around five, between five and six. And the reverse T3, you want that to be as low as possible, unless you have an acute infection going on, unless there's been a stressful event, unless you've been traveling, or you've got a cold and flu going on at that moment, your reverse T3 does not need to be high. Okay. So I got a good question here and mm-hmm. from a girl named Jennifer Marinian from San Diego. She says, my labs for my thyroid came in and my TSH is at 0.015. And my doctor says it's too low. My reverse T3 number is 41 and it shows high. My doctor says if, if you're my doctor says if your labs show a high reverse T3, that, me- that means you are converting most of your T4 into T3, reverse T3. I'm currently taking armor thyroid of 45 milligrams and 5 milligrams of Cytomel. So what doesn't make sense is my doctor says I'm taking too much T4. This is mm-hmm. all too confusing. Can you mm-hmm. explain? So the reason why the doctor is saying she's taking too much T4 is because there's an issue with the conversion, not with the amount of T4 that she has. So right now, her body is not allowing her to convert that T4 into T3 so that the cells can actually use it for metabolism and for energy. So the things that influence that conversion, one is stress, so high cortisol levels. Two, when there's a deficiency in uh, selenium, zinc, magnesium, these cofactors that the body needs to convert that T4 to T3. And the other big one is toxicity, like heavy metals. So mercury, for instance, has a huge affinity for selenium, which is utilized to create that conversion. So you can take all the armor thyroid that you want, but if you don't convert, your body is not getting the right messages and the communication is blocked. So until you detoxify, until you de-stress, and normalize your cortisol rises in your body, that is not going to shift no matter how much you play around with the dosing. Mm. 
So for this person, what, mm-hmm. what would be your suggestion for mm-hmm. her? I would say get your heavy metals tested. So look inside your mouth. Do you have any mercury um, amalgams in there? What other exposure? I just you would got have mine to? removed. I just mm-hmm. got all my mercury out of my teeth removed, and I also got. I had a, a two root canals. Uh, I got both of them pulled. Yeah. And yeah. since I did both of those, my thyroid has been working so much better. It's unbelievable. Like my mm-hmm. test results from getting those two root canals, I just literally extracted those teeth. And then I got all the heavy metals out. And my doctor says that my thyroid is functioning better. Mm -hmm. Well, look at the proximity, right? And mercury, it likes to hide in tissues. It doesn't stay in the bloodstream for very long. So when we've had that those silver fillings in there, it's really influencing over time. And every time we have a warm drink, it's off-gassing, it's off-gassing in room temperature. So number one would be to get those heavy metals tested and it has to be provoked. So you want to do a urinary test to do that. And number two, testing your different levels again, of course, and, and not just your TSH and your thyroid, but your progesterone, your cortisol, testing all your hormones, but also be really beneficial to figure out just where your body's at at the moment. So would mm-hmm. you, so Cytomel is just T3, T3, mm-hmm. and then Armor is T4, T4 and, and T3. T3. Mm-hmm. So would you, would you, wouldn't you suggest that, that she takes a little bit less of the armor uh, and maybe mm-hmm. a little bit but, more of the cytomel. Yeah. Well, I couldn't really give that advice mm-hmm. without looking at the full yeah. picture, but what I would do is, you know, even if you're staying with those doses, do the testing to see what's influencing that conversion. Like what is your cortisol? Like what's your adrenal reserve right now? Looking at those components and looking at the toxicity component detoxing, working on the stress levels, then you can start shifting the prescription around. And I've noticed that many times over, I have a lot of young women with Hashimoto's and Hashimoto's is a huge toxicity problem because now we have antibodies against the thyroid. And the moment I start detoxing them, we start looking at the stress levels, things start to shift and they're actually coming off of their desiccated thyroid very quickly. Okay, this next one is from Judy from the UK. Mm -hmm. I think my daughter has threadworms. I think in the US you call them pinworms. They're tiny parasitic worms that infect the large intestines. The worms are white and look like small pieces of thread. My little precious Layla has been saying that her butt itches all the time. And I feel like they does look like there's little pieces of thread in her poo. What do you suggest? Mm -hmm low sugar, working on um, the dysbiosis in the gut, so microbiome. So our microbiome is very diverse. If you look at our internal system and you look at a forest, it's very comparable. The forest has trees, shrubs, soil, fungus, bugs, all that, and so does our internal system. So depending on how this little girl was born, C-section versus vaginal birth, there's a huge difference on the microbiome foundation. Um, She may need certain probiotics that are going to help build that foundation up for her again. So looking at that component and what's needed and dietary wise, eliminating um, gluten is a big one and really reducing the sugar intake and dairy. Just by doing that, that starts to shift and her body itself will and upregulating her immune system as well to help support that. Now, I know that I've seen that they have 
you know, stuff for pinworms and like the, just the regular, you know, mm-hmm. Rite Aid or CVS. Mm-hmm. So you can get that. That's it's right. just as good as then going to the doctor and getting a prescription for mm-hmm. pinworms or threadworms. Yeah. You can always do that in the beginning to get rid of the symptom, but the symptom was there for a reason, right? So then, you know, get rid of the symptom and help her feel better and then look at the deeper causes of why she's susceptible to it. And that would be the microbiome and looking at her diet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And then the next question is about psoriasis. Mm-hmm. This is Candy from Dallas. She says, I have a really bad case of psoriasis. It has gotten so bad that I finally have decided to go on a prescription. I'm really scared to go on a prescription. I've tried to do it, doing it the natural way as long as I can, but now I'm finally giving in. What do you think the best one is to treat psoriasis? So from a medical model or from a naturopathic model? Well, I guess the question is, you know, are you, would you ever say is that out of all the different ones out there, is there one that is a better than another that you would say, if I'm going to give a, Mm -hmm. you know, like if someone came to you and they had psoriasis, Mm -hmm. would you say to them, um, you know, yes, I would give you a prescription or no. So I'll give you an example of a patient who had severe psoriasis all over her legs, her scalp. And um, so that, that's kind of the fork on the road that she was at, like whether to go to medication or look at the deeper causes. So when you look at psoriasis, it's an autoimmune condition. And autoimmune conditions are really built out of toxicity, out of chronic infections, and out of gut health. So what we did with her is we fasted her. So she started with the intermittent fasting. She's brought in a 24 hour fast once a week. We did a five day water fast with her. And at the same time, we started detoxifying her and detoxifying metals specifically out of her body. Her psoriasis started to disappear. Mm. And that was within seven weeks. So the body has a capacity to heal. It just needs the right information. Because even with our naturopathic medicine, our nutraceuticals, we can just look at symptoms and suppress them. Just look at the skin and give that individual something for the skin or something for the immune system. But the underlying cause of that is either going to be the metals, the chronic infections, and the stresses and the microbiome that is affecting the skin's ability to heal. And when we look at the body, if you think of it as a bucket, we have all these emunctories, these pathways of elimination that the body needs to function on a daily basis because we're living in the most toxic time ever. And the primary emunctories are the gut, the lungs, the lymphatic system, and the kidneys. So if there's anything stuck in there, the body utilizes the secondary system, which is the skin. So you want to look at those four systems here to see, okay, is my lymph moving every day? Is my gut moving every day? How are my kidneys doing? How are my lungs doing? Am I breathing well? All those will then influence what the skin is doing. Hey guys, one of the things that will take your weight loss to the next level is coaching. You can either work one-on-one with me 
or one of our certified private coaches. If you'd like, you can schedule your free call. It's a 10-minute strategy call just to see if coaching is going to really take you to the next level. The other thing is listening to the audiobook. Listening to the audiobook and getting the video course that I've done, people are seeing dramatic results. If you just listen to the audiobook 30 minutes a day over and over and over again and get the video course, go to ChantelRayway.com and check out the video course. You won't be sorry you did. Yeah, I can really relate to this girl because I struggle with psoriasis myself. And it's funny because I go to the dermatologist, I'm friends with him, and um, I'm a member at the Princeton Country Club. And he, I go to see the dermatologist and every time he's like, I don't know why you come see me, Chantel. He's like, every time you come, I give you a prescription. So this last time he gave me a prescription for Otesla. Mm. And he was like, you know, your psoriasis, I'm getting ready to go on a big trip. And I was like, you know, I don't want to have psoriasis on my skin. We're taking our company with our top salespeople. I don't want to, you know, have every, have psoriasis everywhere. And he's like, why do you bother to come in? He's like, cause we have this conversation all the time. He's like, he's a traditional doctor, you know? Right. And he's like, I give you a prescription for a Tesla or whatever it is at the time. You never take it. And he's like, you see me at the Prince Sam. Why don't we just catch up there? Like if you want right. to catch up. And it, <laughs> if you just want to connect. Yeah. yeah. If you just want to talk to me. And it's so true because it's like, what happens is I literally go down that path. So like when I fast, I, my, my skin just clears. I mean, my skin looks amazing. And so I just fast, but then I will eat something. Maybe I'll start introducing dairy back into my diet, which I never do gluten anymore really, but every once in a while I'll put gluten, you know, dairy back in my diet. I really want something. And I'll get to the point where I'm like, that's it. Maybe I should go ahead and get on this drug or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, cause my psoriasis yeah. has gotten bad. And then I go there, I get the prescription and I never fill it. I'm like, nope, I know what I need to do. I just need to fast and I'll just fast a little bit more, cut out, clean up my diet a little bit and it starts to, right. to go away. Yeah. Well, you have the tools, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, it, you know, we all just want like that fast fix. Mm -hmm. And so you have to just go, okay, I, I know that if I take that, it's, it's going to cause it's, you're not ever getting to the root. You're just band-aiding it. And it's like, why do Absolutely. I want to band-aid the problem? Absolutely. Cause it's definitely a commitment to go down the other route, but the benefits are longer lasting. And it's something that's going to not only improve your skin, but your internal system, like all your cells and your energy and your brain health, all of it. So let's talk about you yourself as your diet. So like, what yes. does your diet look like? So mm -hmm. are you, do you eat clean like 80% of the time, 90% mm -hmm. of like, give us, give us like a, a life, a typical day in the life of yourself. What does that look yeah. like? And what kind of foods are you eating and what kind are you avoiding? And then what do you say? Okay. I'm not eating this on the regular, but I will have X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my typical day would look like, you know, having my morning practice in the morning, starting my day off with water. And when I break my fast, I actually have a fat tea. I'm not a coffee drinker. So I make a chai tea with um, either some coconut oil or MCT oil, something like that. And then that's kind of what my break, I break my fast with. And my lunch will typically be some sort of a lentil soup. Um, some avocado, a salad, um, depending on where we are in our seasonal rhythm, whether it's winter or summertime. I eat a substantial amount, 
because that is going to carry me then to my next meal, which is also typical, lots of vegetables. Like my plate, if you look at it, it's all vegetables, a good amount of fat and a very small amount of protein because I'm actually vegetarian. So that's kind of my typical day. And my week, I have variation in my week where I will intermittent fast for about five days. And then one day I do a 24 hour fast from dinner to dinner. And then I have a feast day, which may be brunch that day where we have eggs. So I do eat eggs um, with some avocado, maybe a yam hash or something like that. And typically I would say for a clean diet, I'm pretty like 90, 10, maybe even 95, five. Um, but that's built over the years. And the thing that will creep into my diet once in a while, I don't buy gluten. I don't buy a lot of dairy except for our grass-fed butter and our grass-fed cheese that we use for our kids sometimes. Um, so I do avoid gluten, dairy, and um, sugar as well. So, but when we're out, we're traveling. We just came back from Mexico. We ran our retreat and, you know, variation is key. So I will stress my body a little bit with those foods sometimes to make sure my body is adapting and is, is able to deal with it. I love that. And I think that pattern of eating is where I see the most success. So I'll repeat back what I heard you say, mm-hmm. where you're having like five days, you're just eating in a six hour window. Mm-hmm. One day you're maybe just eating one meal and doing a 24 mm-hmm. hour fast. And then one day you're probably extending that window to maybe an eight or nine hours and having three meals that day and mm-hmm. kind of not worrying about fasting that day. That's right. That, kind of that, right? That five yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That is that is a magic sauce right there. Like that that is me. I love to do that. I would still say in that where I'm having the three meal a day, I'm still probably eating it in an eight or nine hour window. Like I'm not doing like a 12 hour window, but I'm definitely having like, usually I do that on Sundays because I like to have brunch. I make my head, my husband says I have the best sex and the best eggs. So, um, <laughs> and I don't, I'm just so good at, at making uh, breakfast. Like I'm mm-hmm. just really good at that. So I can make a mean breakfast. And so on Sundays, like, you know, I'm home and right after church, we can, I come home and make this amazing breakfast. Mm -hmm. And so then I'm probably having, you know, that eight hour to nine hour day on that, that one Sunday. So I love that pattern. Yeah, it's great. Um, let's talk a little bit more intensely about the days of your cycle Mm -hmm. so that people can really understand that. So if you were going to do a five, let's say you were going to do a five day fast or Mm -hmm. even a three day fast. Mm -hmm. If you consider day one as the day that you started your period, Mm -hmm. what would be the most ideal day Mm -hmm. that you would do a three, three day fast if Mm -hmm. day one is the day you started your period? I would say typically between day three and four. Um, really? For me, that's what works for me. Some need to wait until they're done the bleed. So day five is kind of the best time, but that's typically when I would suggest doing a water fast or a partial fast or, or a bone broth fast, whatever you're going to do so that um, your body at that time is not actually requiring a lot of you. So you're able to really get deep into that autophagy and into that fasted state. And it doesn't influence that progesterone spike that we need in the latter half of our cycle so that uh, we're not getting the mood swings or the cravings or the bloating and all that at that time. That's funny because for me, 
I feel like if I had to guess what day that I would do the three day Mm -hmm. fast, I feel like it would be like day 15, like day 15 would be a good day for me because I'm done with my period. And so I guess I would be thinking, you know, right before you ovulate, because if you said day four or after, you know, when you started your period, then you would be getting pretty close into ovulation, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Or so if your you body start- feel like, okay, it's get, that they, wouldn't it be mm-hmm. wanting food at that time? Cause your body's thinking mm-hmm. like, okay, it's the time of ovulation. Does that make yeah. sense? No, absolutely. I think this is where it varies for women. So some women actually thrive doing it that way. And then some women will thrive doing the fasting on just day one or week one and week three and alternating week two and week four are the weeks where you don't want to do a lot of fasting. Whereas some up until ovulation, which will typically start to happen between day 10 and 14, is usually where women maybe now won't want to fast. But what I've noticed working with women is if I fast them in those first two weeks, ovulation is a non-issue now. Because sometimes some women have either the ovulation pain or all of a sudden there's just something that shifts inside of them when it comes to their mood. And what they've noticed is by bringing the fast in that first week or so, is helpful in how they feel during ovulation. And then they kind of move into the higher carbohydrate and extending the window out then. So even within that, it's very individual. So I would okay, experiment so with both. explain that again. So you're saying, so if you just had to take the general woman and mm-hmm. you say, are you saying week one and week three? Mm-hmm. So if you would say right after your period, like day three, mm-hmm. after that happens, then you would yeah. say, so consider that week one. That's right. Yeah. And then week two, don't do it. Then week mm-hmm. three, you could. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. week four, definitely don't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that is definitely. Your body like, will fight you. <laughs> yeah. Your body yeah. will fight you. And it, yeah, that's right. Because, you know, it's, I, I feel so blessed that I have such amazing doctors like you come on our show because you know, I do do a lot of fasting. Like I don't really know anyone who does quite as much fasting as I do. I've, I've slowed down a little bit in the last couple of weeks, but I do a lot of spiritual fasting too, mm-hmm. where I'm just really trying to hear from God and what he wants me mm-hmm. to do. And so that's mm-hmm. when I'll do like a three day fast. Um, but I was always like, what is, you know, as much fasting as I've done, I feel like I should be getting better and better and better. It should be easier and easier and easier. And I felt like for a while I was thinking, well, I'm doing great. I, this was the easiest three-day fast. Then the next one, I was like, this is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. What's going on? Until I figured out that trick about the hormones. Right. And so I think that that's really powerful what you said. Like, I think that's probably probably the same for me. I would say now that I'm thinking about it, probably that day three or day four and then day 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah, would absolutely. be like week one and week three, like you just mm-hmm. said. Yeah. And you know, our times or our seasons in life will change too. So going through perimenopause and menopause, like all that will shift. So the more tuned in you get into your body and what it needs, the easier it becomes to really understand when is the best time for you to fast. Hey guys, I want to tell you about a great product that you absolutely cannot live without, and it's called Digest Aid. When you're stressed, you might not be able to produce as much stomach acid. And if you're eating a little more right now and you're stressed, you need help to digest your food. My Digest Aid that I created has enzymes that are capable of doing just that. 
It has both betaine HCL, not just HCL, but an enzyme pepsin that helps your body digest your food, which is really unique. And right now, all of our products are 30% off. Go to ChantelRayWay.com, click on store and get yours for 30% off. Just use the promo code podcast. Yes. So now let's talk a little bit about uh, your hormones. So Mm -hmm. what are some of the things that you would say if someone came to you and they said, okay, you know, how do I know if I have adrenal stress or if my Mm -hmm. testosterone is low and kind of what are some of the symptoms before Mm -hmm. you would say, okay, let's, let's test this, right? Absolutely. What would they be feeling? So one of the typical things are like brain fog, um, fatigue that's unexplainable. Like you're getting a good night's sleep maybe, but you're waking up really lethargic in the morning or you're having to go for that cup of coffee in the afternoon and not feeling like yourself. That piece I think is the biggest one. Women, you know, especially if you're still cycling, there's a moment in your cycle where all of a sudden it's like, I just don't feel like me anymore. I'm saying all these things to my partner that I don't want to say. There's a voice inside of me telling me to stop talking, but I just keep going. And it's just more irritability and frustration low libido is huge. Um, Breast tenderness also. Um, If somebody is having, you know, their cycle isn't actually really bright looking with fresh freshness, that's a huge one as well. Um, Skin issues, right? So let's talk about that. Let's talk about that for just a second. So like, let's say that, are you saying like if their blood is a little bit brown, maybe it's not like yeah, brown or clotty. If there's lots of clots, that's a huge, so what one. would that mean? What would that mean? Yeah. So that means estrogen dominance, that in conjunction with breast tenderness. So, so usually estrogen dominance from the environment. So, you know, estrogens everywhere It's in, in the products that we use. So there's lots of hormone disruptors that we have to look at there. The water that we're drinking, that's going to influence it as well. Plastic, soy products, just food in general, just looking at um, whether you're eating organic or not. If you're not eating organic, you're eating the pesticides that actually mimic estrogen in our body. And our liver has to make it a point to detoxify these out. So now throw in gut health. If a woman's had um, any history of constipation, she's not um, pushing these excess estrogens out of the body, but instead she's recycling them. And then the uterus gets in charge of like eliminating these estrogens at the end of the month. Um, what is the best thing that you recommend for constipation so that you can be detoxing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in conjunction with fasting, fiber, of course, lots of vegetables and looking at the season. So if it's winter, like for me here right now, we're still in winter, making sure you're eating things that are easy to digest. So soups and stews are going to be your, your friend at the moment, not so much raw food. So making sure you're eating for your body and some women or some people will do food sensitivity tests, which will tell you what your body is reacting to. And movement is huge. Breath work, movement, yoga, or going to the gym, whatever it is that you do, going for nice walks, getting into state of parasympathetic is the most important things because that's when we rest and digest. So the body can actually mobilize these toxins out of our system. So I want you to expand on that um, mm-hmm. just a little, because you said right now it's winter for you and now mm-hmm. it's better to be eating soups and stews instead of raw food. So mm-hmm. you're saying when it's the summertime, your body could eat more easily digest raw foods well, than in right. the wintertime, you should be eating more cooked food. Explain mm-hmm. that. And where, where did you get that from and mm-hmm. how does that affect your body? 
Yeah, so that's from traditional Ayurvedic medicine. If you look at the different constitutions, so in wintertime, um, our digestive fire is a lot lower, just as it is in, a, in the evening time too. So when the digestive fire is lower, it's harder to break things down. Mm. So this is where spices and things like that come into play. So you want to increase the amount of spices you're having in the winter and eating things that your body doesn't have to work too hard because your body's working hard to keep you warm at that time. Winter time, summertime, our digestive enzymes have shifted. Our microbiome has shifted in every season. So our microbiome will change according to what we're feeding it and according to what the seasons are as well. So the microbiome is more equipped in the summertime to break down raw things than it is in the wintertime. Okay, now this, I'm going to ask one last question. And I'm telling you, I cannot even tell you how many times that we get this question. Okay. Like it I'm is ready. <laughs> unbelievable about fasting. Okay. <laughs> My name is Susie and I literally find myself shivering when no one else is. I do a lot of fasting and I just feel like I'm always cold. Do you mm. think I have anemia? I can't figure out why I'm just constantly tired and I'm constantly cold. I feel like I'm Every time I fast, if I eat three meals a day, if I decide to do that, then I'm fine. But the minute I do a longer fast or a 24 hour fast, or even if I just eat in a four hour window, I am freezing. Mm -hmm. Everyone at work makes fun of me because I walk around the office with a jacket on all day. Why are you so cold when you're doing fasting? Mm. So a few thoughts that I have with that. I mean, the first one that we always go to is the thyroid. So why is her temperature not regulating and why is the fasting really influencing the thyroid as it is? So looking at your thyroid numbers, looking at your ferritin numbers to see what's going on there. Again, testing your heavy metals because toxicity will inhibit you from getting into ketosis where you shouldn't be shivering. If you're still in that state of burning glucose when you're fasting, the body will shiver because it's requiring more fuel. So if you're not able to tap into the ketones, again, the body will shiver. One of the best tricks that I used for myself, because I was that person that shivers and gets cold quite easily and hands and feet are cold showers. So cold showers, doing that hydrotherapy. If you have infrared sauna access to that, amazing. You do that first and then you take a cold shower after or even ending on cold after your shower. It creates that temperature regulation and it increases the right amount of fat in your body so that you can regulate your temperature a lot easier. So that's just like a little biohack that you can do for yourself at home. Yeah. And when you're not eating, I mean, people don't realize digestion takes a lot of work. Yes. And so it's heating up your body when you're right. digesting that food. And so when you're not eating, you, you aren't digesting all of that food. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, this has been amazing. I really want to come up and visit and, you know, you're always welcome. If you ever come to Virginia beach, I'd love to have you and your husband come absolutely. visit me for sure. So tell listeners where they can find you. And I mm -hmm. want you to talk about the fact that you can literally see anyone. And mm -hmm. what I think is so powerful about you guys is, is the fact that you can actually prescribe medicine. So a lot mm -hmm. of functional medicine doctors 
they can't prescribe medicine, but mm-hmm. you guys actually can. So mm-hmm. I want you to talk about that. And literally they'd only have to come visit you once a year, which mm-hmm. I mean, who wouldn't want to do that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Vancouver is pretty beautiful. Um, so yeah, our clinic name is Divine Elements. So you can find us online, divineelements.ca. We're very active on Facebook. So Dr. Sonia Jensen and Instagram as well. And yeah, we can do Zoom calls and coaching with you over Zoom. And we just need to see you once a year. And the beautiful thing is we can tap into bioidentical hormones. We can look at the medications that you're on and help you either come off of them or adjust them. Or, you know, sometimes there's certain medications some people are just on for a lifetime and we can help with that and really bridge the gap between the two um, worlds when it comes to medicine, because it's all there for a reason. Awesome. Well, you are amazing. Both of you are. I cannot wait to meet you guys. You are a wealth of knowledge. So every time I hear you talk, I'm like, yes, amen. She's right (laughs) on. So I just love that. Well, you guys, if you have a question that you want answered, go to questions at ChantelRayway.com and stay tuned because we have another episode coming up in just a minute. Bye-bye for now. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.